0: Yeah, we're back with another episode, and uh, this is a whew, this is a steamy episode. So get ready for this one. But before you do, get ready to listen to this ad. Alrighty, now that I've teased you with that little preview before the ad, who is my guest today? Her name is Mariah Johnston, and she is the co-host of Salty Sex Cast. And I came across this who. Horrible choice of words. I came across this podcast. Um, or, nah. Now nah, for this episode, it's not a horrible choice of word. I came across this podcast in a uh, Facebook group that I am a part of. That I guess Mariah is a part of as well. And so I took a took a listen to it and uh, wanted to get her on because I love how open she is. I love her and her co-host Pamela. I love how open they are. The chemistry they share and. And, you know, uh, the topic of sex and, and, and all the subgenres that fall under sex are so still in 2020 taboo to talk about. So I wanted to have an uncensored, unfiltered, just in your face, you know, pull it out, whip it out, put it on the table kind of episode. And that's what this episode is. So if you're easily offended, if you're if you're someone that's squeamish when it comes to sex talk, if you're if you're uncomfortable, if if any of that is you you might want to go check out another episode of the podcast. But if you don't find any of that offensive, then uh, this is the episode for you. So Mariah, thank you for coming on. And all I'm going to say is get ready, get set. It is Mariah Johnston. Hello, hello, Mariah. What is what is going on?
1: Um, oh, I just realized my voice is a little deeper and raspier than it normally is. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, normally, normally you have your co-host with you, and, you, and in, yeah. in in your latest episode, you went solo.
1: Oh my god, that was so hard. I realize that I'm not a solo player. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suffer from uh, anomic aphasia, so. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's where you have a hard time pulling words, like, when you need them. So it's not that I don't understand the definition or don't understand, like, what something means. Um, it purely just means, like, I, my brain is not wanting to fire for that one word today. Um, but other days, it'll be totally fine. So I always start panicking. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to say a word. Um and so I spend so much time and energy thinking about like what am I going to say next. Sometimes I stop listening to the interviewer, and I was like, no, oh, this is so bad. So. But you hopefully.
0: have your, uh, you have your. That's your husband, right? That, that's that's uh, that was in that episode, right? No. No. Who, who, no. Who, who? Who's the gentleman? Brady.
1: So Brady is our producer.
0: Oh, okay, um, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's been dubbed the guy but your husband has
0: been on correct um or no am i just making all this on, up
1: no i mean he might have been i forget sometimes <laughs> i think he's only been on um some of our after dark episodes that we just have available for our patrons oh okay so no he's kind of private my husband does I mean, when people say like opposites attract, we are very much <laughs> the opposites, but
0: now you said that uh because you went solo in that episode because uh Pamela was 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 sick. It's not COVID, is it?
1: No, she had strep throat. Okay. And I guess she suffers from it often. Um, I mean like once a year. And she was so excited because she was able to beat it this time without any like antibiotics. I mean, it was all like natural therapies and she's very crunchy. And so she loved that. She was really excited that she could get over it, you know, with natural things. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome. But it was really cool to, uh, to, to, to just, you know, hear you do it kind of, like you said, solo and, you know, you might have, you know, issues with it or you might struggle with it. But, you know, I thought, honestly, the, the the biggest issue with it was was the Zoom. The Zoom kept <laughs> uh, Yeah.
1: I mean he was also, you know, tapping in from Indonesia.
0: Oh man. And
1: oh uh, and I was so jealous. It was beautiful. Like he's in this gorgeous like garden. And I'm like, you can hear pretty birds. And it just looks oh so pretty. I'm like, I'm just in this basement, like a little, you know, troll down here. <laughs> but it was great. I mean, um definitely enjoyed our guest. I've never met him in person, but we already have because he has a, a home in Utah. And so we already have plans to meet up as soon as he can get a flight back and and everything. So I was like, you just seem like an amazing person. I need to be friends with you. So I'm going to force myself into your life. <laughs>
0: so. That's awesome. I love uh, for everyone listening. Uh, Mariah is uh, the co-host of uh, is it the Salty Sex Cast or Salty Sex Cast?
1: Salty Sex Cast. No, the. No, the. But I mean, when you say it in a sentence, you kind of have to say that. So <laughs> I don't know. But in the title, there's no that. <laughs>
0: yeah, because like when I was like when I was literally just thinking about it, I was thinking, all right, it's the salty sex cast. But um, but yeah, it, it, if you're searching for it, it's salty sex cast and um, it's her and Pamela. And uh, are you guys like literally best friends? Like what's the history between you and Pamela?
1: Oh, it's a fun one because it's quite interesting. So Pamela and I both own our own businesses. Um, And so we would go to these female entrepreneur, like meetup dinners and help each other, you know, like just networking and things and building each other up. And my first ever dinner, and I was just like, oh, I don't even know what I'm doing here. All these women are so successful. I'm just this cute little health and wellness coach. Um, and she was awesome. She was like, oh my gosh, that's so great. And I was like, well, my niche is, is body image. Like I really want to build up people's body image. I mean, it's not about the weight loss. It's about the health gain kind of thing. And so like, she zeroed in on me and she kind of like found girls for a second. She was like, we need to get together because my boudoir photography business, that's what we center on. And I would love to work together. And you show me how can I build up people's confidence? How can I make that come across in the verbiage we use? So essentially, we kind of just built upon each other like that. And I did a boudoir photography session with her and her photographer. And uh, so much fun. And that was maybe that memory just came up on my phone. So it had to have been like a year ago that we did that, maybe a year, and a month ago now. And so I knew. So that's how I knew her. Um and then we did a second photo session um because I meant I never got wedding photos. Um and so she's like, let's borrow a wedding dress from someone. I mean, if your husband will agree to it, <laughs> we can go out around Salt Lake City and take photos just in you and a dress and him and you know, all dressed up just so you have something. Um, because they again wanted more photos for their business too. So when I met with her, she had her the first time I met her at her house and did the boudoir jog three session she had her husband and I met her husband and then when we met up for the wedding in the city photos um she had her boyfriend and I was like okay I was like that's cool and um so she's like oh yeah I didn't I don't know if you know this about me but I'm polyamorous and I was like oh no she's kind of describing a few things I was like oh that's really cool my husband's like I just wanted to chat with her the whole time I had so many questions (laughs) he's like how does how do you like he's like I didn't realize people were healthy and did that and you know just interesting so she came to mind when I had this idea for a podcast um being a health and wellness coach I hear so many times uh people's sexuality and body image and um intimacy um are such a huge part of wellness but a lot of um there's not any good resources out there to kind of gain that confidence and learn about sexuality in like a non-pervy creepy way even though we kind of get a little pervy and creepy on the podcast I, I will admit um and so I really wanted to do it and I was like who do I know who's just really easygoing that I can get along with, um, but who also has their own really interesting sexual experience, you know. Um, because I didn't want to just have a replica of me on the podcast. I wanted someone who had a different point of view, but I still got along with. It. So I called her up. We met for coffee one day and she was just as like pumped as I was about this idea. And that was and so our first recording was in October and weekly since.
0: That's awesome. Like I love yeah. that. And and like you said, it's uh can you imagine if it's like two guys doing the doing the podcast? All of a sudden it does take on this like different image. It is different if yeah. if if two guys are doing a, a podcast called Salty Sex Cast, all of a sudden it it does come off kind of, you know
1: Locker room talk.
0: Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very Donald Trumpish.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we actually make that comparison a lot because anytime, like, because I get super pervy. Like, I am the most immature pervert ever um, with degrees, <laughs> so as I always say. I'm very professional uh, in your face, but then like behind closed doors, I'm I'm a little bit of a wild child. Um, but. That's something I'm like, I really want to still stay with like our bare bones of we are an adult sex education podcast, but we make it fun. Um, We joke around. We all kind of uh, just let loose. And it was a place that I finally felt like I could be myself. I was always feeling like I had to put on a different face, Um, especially being a business owner. You have to watch your brand. And so anything I posted on Facebook, even if it wasn't my business Facebook, I was like, Oh, I gotta be careful because this could turn a potential client away. Um, but my podcast, I was like, Oh, can I swear on your podcast?
0: Oh, of course. Go ahead. Okay. I was
1: like, I'll go fuck. You know, that's kind of how the podcast was. Like, I am like, I got to be, me. I'm not going to hold anything back. I finally get to admit certain things. Um, and I finally was able to come out of the closet of being bi and that was something I was like, what the fuck? I never even put two and two together of those feelings. And I wasn't ever able to, like, address those feelings for a long time because it was like, um, I'm married to a man. Like, where where's the room to be um, anything else but straight? So... Um, It was able to just kind of have that conversation and other guests came on and started telling their stories and I could relate to things. And I was like, so it was really great for me personally, because I could, I was able to open up a whole different side of me because I didn't have to censor myself anymore. Um, But that being said, it's still kind of scary knowing that information's out there and that anyone can put it together that it is me. I mean, there's Mariah isn't a super common name. Um, especially Mariah, who's a health coach in, in Utah. Like. <laughs> and plus your so, face
0: is on the, is on the logo. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, and, uh, Pamela and I did that for a reason. Cause we were like, you know, we're not ugly girls. Um, and we are a podcast about sex. Let's, you know, at least be somewhat on our brand. Um, and so, you know, and I am totally in tune to my body and I love, taking those photos, and I love that, like, someone else can share in that enjoyment, that does not bother me. I think, though, what I am always worried about is I do still have a full-time day job, um, you know, if, is anything ever going to get back, um, so I really am careful of what I mention about what I do, like, I am a, I'm an educator, a wellness educator, um, for an organization that serves survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. So that even ties in with what we talk about on the podcast often, you know, that power and control dynamic, um, survivors of sexual assault we've had on a few people, um, we definitely address it. And so it's been a good, good way to mesh, um, what I do for my day job to the podcast as well. I just am careful to try to not give a lot of details and, um, you know, if I need to write a disclaimer that anything said on here does not reflect my organization that i work for whatever i'm finding that but so far it hasn't crossed over enough for me to be concerned um the other thing is i'm not out of the closet uh like my family is very mormon um my in-laws are very mormon and my family would probably struggle and not understand but they they're still super supportive people and they know i've always been like the shit child that's just never followed what i've been told so it's nothing new for them if I go against the grain on anything. Um, but my in-laws would probably write us off for sure um, and not speak to us. And so because now my husband and I are in um, a polyamorous type relationship with another female. So that I think it would be lots of people would struggle with. Um and so it's just like this is who I am, and I get to be who I am on my podcast. And so it's a wonderful outlet for me personally.
0: Now focusing on that, because that is something that 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 is utterly fascinating to to me, but I'm sure to a lot of people that that somebody can can be in a relationship with someone and and both of those people agree that okay, now we're going to now we're gonna open it up. But this is this is something that I've definitely talked about it before on the podcast with other guests. Is you know how do you explain when you're sitting at a restaurant, right? You're and and you're with your significant other, but you look across the the room and bam, like instantly, your eyes are drawn to somebody else. Like how do you explain that? Like to me, that signifies Mm -hmm. and signals that you know yes, we can be committed. Yes, we can be loyal to one person. That is absolutely a thing that can happen, but. Mm-hmm. We're kind of designed. I mean like we're we're animals, like like literally that's all we are. We're animals. And yeah. And we, we have a drive. Yeah. So uh, like what was that jumping off point like for you when 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 you reached out to was it him that that proposed it or was it you that proposed it?
1: I mean that's just kind of been like years of slowly testing waters and dipping your toe in. Um My husband and I have been married for ten years. We do have three children, Um, and that was something where we are both hypersexual people, and um, it makes for a great marriage. And like, you know, sexual we have very healthy is all I can say. Um, And so it's never was we aren't healthy enough, so we need to seek it elsewhere, or I'm not satisfied with what we have. So I need to fulfill that other need with someone else. Um, So that was where I enjoyed it because it was like, oh, this is just an extra little, like an extracurricular almost. Like, let's just add this onto our already beautiful full plate. Like, it's nothing that we are looking for or will crave after it's gone. So that was the biggest thing for me. As soon as it felt like, I mean, and this was casually swinging with maybe another couple friend you know or or uh, friends that are a couple another couple or something or if it was actively seek, seeking a girlfriend from you know tinder or something it was always this is just something extra um, but we're still completely happy without it too and so I mean we swung once or twice or I should say you know, a couple times with two other couples and it was fine. And I didn't realize how much I enjoyed it with the girl. And um, so that kind of was like that tip of the iceberg for me. And it was like, okay, I maybe understand some other motivations as a teenager and why I was so close to some of my girlfriends back then Um, and other feelings like that. And so I was like, okay, just kind of noticing that. So for me also being able to tell my husband, like. I enjoy being with another girl. Like it's fun. And he enjoys watching that and being part of that too. And so we were like, maybe we just find just a girl this time and not do a, a couple swap or anything like that. Um, and it was very gradual. It was a lot of check-ins. I mean, we're we're a relationship where um, because of all my coaching training and um, everything I am super aware of different shifts and how I can talk about things without ever getting overly worked up or super emotional. Like I am very still down to, to like common sense. Every once in a while I do get set off and, you know, we'll throw a little fit about something, but we always address that and things. So I would say we have a higher than average healthy communication level. Um and so I think that really has helped because we could say, hey, I am interested in this. I really enjoy what we have, but would you ever want to try something else? And then never ever feeling like this person isn't satisfied and jealousy. And now I'm thinking of, oh, it's just because they want to be with someone else and I'm not good enough. Um because those feelings do still come up. Um you know, deep down you're still kind of like, was well, she better than me? Um, is she prettier than me? Yeah. And then we have to talk about it and just being like, Well, maybe she is um has bigger boobs or a nicer ass, or you know, just I'm trying to think of something really silly. Um, those have never been any issues. But um just thinking of, but you also have this and this character, and we've built this love relationship where the other ones were always kind of physical and it wasn't really anything like emotional. So it was really easy for me to be like, Oh, okay. You know, um, you're just getting a piece of that person. It's not even that whole person until we met Abby. <laughs> um, and we were just on Tinder cause we were like, Hey, let's look for a girl. Let's, let's just have some fun with a girl. And, and that's really hard to find, a girl who wants to date a couple, um, that's why they're called unicorns, um, they, because either the girl that you find is really just going to be into the wife or the husband or the boyfriend or the girlfriend more than the other, um, or, like, um, one part of the couple stray further because they're starting to build a closer relationship with this new person, Um, like that was never anything I wanted. And I talked about that and I knew that that was going to be a concern for me. So I was able to bring that up and just say, Hey, I'm, I'd be nervous that I would get feelings for this person and it would take away from our relationship. So I still had lots of walls put up and I, I'm, um, our, one of our podcasts, we talked about the romance index. I am the least romantic person that has taken (laughs) that index test so far. So we have no other listeners who have scored lower. Like, I'm just not a romantic. Um, And so, but that means it takes a lot of time and energy for me to even feel those romantic feelings for someone. And I built that with my husband. So I was so afraid that if I found someone that I really connected with, too, that I would take away from what my husband and I already had. Or vice versa, it could still happen that way too. Um, so we were already going in pretty somewhat guarded, uh, talking to a couple girls on Tinder. No one really piqued my interest. Um, you know, so it was kind of in my husband's hands because I was like, I'm a busy person, go ahead and chat and then then come ask me and I'll tell you my final answer and if we're gonna meet her or not. Um it was just really funny how we met Abby and I was not in the mood to go out at all, did not get ready, was like, you know what? If she doesn't like me without makeup, I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> so I kind of have that attitude often. Um, but it really, it's, it's, if someone doesn't like me, that's fine. It does not bother me. I know lots of people, I'm a little aggressive. I'm a little loud. Um, people aren't going to like that or whatever, but and I wore like workout leggings and just like a tank top or something. And so she, hearing her recall that first night, it's our first date. It was really funny. She was just like, I thought maybe you were just super confident. And you're like, this is who I am. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much how I went. And I was like more because I didn't want to put forth a lot of effort for someone I wasn't even that sold on. But I was like, fine, we'll go meet her minute I met her I was like oh my god she's a doll I love her (laughs) like uh definitely just her personality didn't come out in texts and didn't come out in like photos very well um so it was really fun actually getting to meet her and we've been hanging out ever since so seven months now
0: see I like this is like why I'm so curious about it? Because I live vicariously through this stuff. I know, mm-hmm. you know, deep down, like I am not wired in a way, so I'm very aware of, you know, what I said earlier, where you know we're all animals, and and I've definitely been in that position of seeing someone across the room and feeling that attraction, and but I've always suppressed it, and I just know, and it's that word, it's it it's jealousy. It's it's that's the thing that I know. Like if I even flirted with the idea of of bringing this up to my significant other down the road, it would just come back and bite me in the ass so hard. I couldn't do it. Like it would be something that I would really struggle with, you know, um, uh, e- even if it is another girl, which is, which is actually really uh, interesting. If you like, if you think about it, cause it'd be like, why would you, why, like, why would you get jealous over that? But you know, I am someone, so you said you're not a romantic. So I guess if I were to take this test you were talking about, I would fall <laughs> Very high up on that thing because, you know, I am that guy that like you know wants to meet the, the the like the one you know and 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 sit down on a park bench and and <clears throat> and have her sit next to me and, and 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 stuff like that you know like I am that stupid when it comes to to romance you know like I'll watch a like the Notebook and I'll ball you know like <laughs> like that is me um, so it's just so interesting to hear it and that's why I'm living vicariously through this so. Um, but, but it's also really interesting. Did you ever see that movie, um, her with, uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Mm, I'm not a huge movie buff. Okay. So unless it's sci-fi, I'm probably not overly versed in it.
0: (laughs) It's a little sci-fi. It's, uh, from 2013. It's where he falls in love with his, uh, like operating system and it's voiced by Scarlett Johansson.
1: Oh, okay. I remember hearing about the movie and like watching the previews and things, but I never actually
0: watched it. Because there is a scene in that movie where since she is like basically just an operating system similar to Siri, um, they have like, they have this uh, surrogate person that comes in and basically wants to be the embodiment of her. So, but but it's essentially, I guess, like a play on of, of something like this where you have the couple and now they have a third person coming in and um he has a real like 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 he really struggles like in that scene he he he, he just struggles beyond belief trying to get past the 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 awkwardness of this like having this next person so is that Mm. something that that like that first time so you did your first date right and then of course Mm -hmm. that like did it go into that night or was it something like, all right, we'll we'll talk again?
1: No, it went into that night. Um, you know, like I said, we were seeking for something just physical and a connection that like would have been fun, kind of uh um really lighthearted, nothing like feelings related or anything. And it's it's safer that way too. That's why I think a lot of people choose um, swinging versus polyamory because you don't have those feelings you can kind of I mean granted those feelings are still there you can't turn them off but you can put up walls to protect you from and maybe even some rules or things like that um, so our rules were our, our guidelines and these were never hard and fast rules it's not like I'm going to leave you if you break them it's more of we need to have a discussion if they're broken was um, no meeting up without like it was all three of us together or or not at all. Um, no texting one on one. So we always had a group text. Um so it was it was kind of like my husband and I are this was an activity to do together. She was someone we were dating together, not separately. Um we slowly built something that we could kind of go separately. Um, you know, and again that was. A lot of trust had to be built. Um, My comfort level really was probably the one that held us all back for a while. I am loud and I am a little aggressive. So even if someone else felt anything else, they weren't bringing it up. So it was kind of like, it doesn't make me super comfortable um, when you guys are texting solo. Like, it's never that like, I know that you're doing that, but it's just, it's a respect thing. You know, it's not like I'm worried about what you're even talking about, but it's more of just like, why would you need to say something that's not involving me? Um, But we've slowly veered away from it. A lot of trust. um, You know, a lot of feelings have slowly grown, too. And it was more than just a physical relationship. Like, we are wholeheartedly dating her, um, which is hard because she is a lesbian. And so my husband is a man. And so she has to put up forth a little bit more effort um, to kind of remember that, like, oh, his needs and things like that. Um, and sometimes I can get overly um, excited, and it makes my husband feel left out or something. You know, we've we've called it out every single time it's happened. Like, hey, I kind of felt left out the other day or whatever. Or um, whatever. And it's been pretty easy. We never try to come at each other like you purposely did this, and this is how I feel. And we've talked about this. You know, it's never aggressively like that. It's been like, hey, that kind of hurt my feelings. Um, I'm not sure why, but you know, we can just kind of talk about it or avoid, or maybe like there was um they went to the gym together one time and I was busy and I was like, Yeah, that's totally fine. Um, but then they kind of played in the the bathroom a little bit and I was like that really hurt my feelings that you guys did that without me and we've talked about like we can you know hook up with each other on our own but as long as we kind of talk about it before it's almost like pre-planning just so I didn't feel like blindsided or I can I can emotionally prepare for it too because it is tiny bit jealousy is still there um and jealousy doesn't go away it's in every single type of relationship, even relationship between siblings or, you know, parent-child, like jealousy is always there, but it's how do you approach it? And that's why I think we can handle a little bit more than maybe just the average couple because we're able to recognize it immediately when it happens. Like, oh, that's why I maybe got a little snappy or pouty or whatever it looks like. It was because I was feeling a tiny bit jealous. And maybe you guys had an inside joke and it kind of hurt my feelings. And I was like, I want to be a part of the joke, you know? Um, so I was able to just call it out and say, hey, like, it did hurt my feelings a little bit. I thought we kind of agreed this way. And and then you drop it and you don't keep bringing it up and keep making someone feel guilty for making a mistake or um, trying to make it even. You don't want to make someone hurt the way that you hurt. Um, that's never healthy, ever. And so, you know, it's just, it happened and then you move forward or you don't move forward and you're done. So that's kind of your choices in this type of relationship.
0: Do you speak about this a lot in your like day job or is this something that is not even remotely close to to what you talk about?
1: It's not remotely close. Um, Healthy relationships, I do teach. I actually get to teach that in the high schools too. Um, So that's really fun because I'm hopefully trying to do some preventive action um, before someone gets into an abusive relationship or has some of these negative things that happen is, you know, how do you have a healthy relationship? How do you communicate with someone who's, you know, in high school? I thought the only reason you did sexual things or fool around with boys is because the boys talked you into it. Like, I thought that was the only way that happened. I had no clue I had even the right to say no. Um, I was like, no one fucking taught me that, uh, we can go off for hours and hours Well, I can <laughs> hours and hours on the lack of, uh, sex education and healthy relationship education that Utah has. I mean, it's a very much stick your head in the sand and pretend it doesn't exist and maybe it'll go away type mentality. And so that's why we called it the salty sex cast. Cause we're, we're salty of the sex education we didn't receive, I mean, we had no clue what a healthy relationship looked like, let alone a healthy sexual relationship looked like. And, um, you know, and we both grew up super religious. And so now all this stuff is tied with religion. And then, but what do you do after you drop that religion? You still have to build that healthy relationship with sex. That's really hard. Um, and a lot of people end up having to do it like the hard way trial and error and it takes years and years and you know it's, it's not fun. Um, so that's why we wanted to try to educate folks. And so, um, I do educate, uh, folks in my day job about healthy relationships, but rarely do I kind of step on the healthy sexual relationships, definitely not polyamory or anything like, um, you know, uh, plural families or anything like that. I just try to, if it comes up, I address it. Um, But I've never admitted or said like, this is how I live my life. That's also not the job of an educator. So,
0: But do you like, because it does sound like it would have incredible value to, to, to the right person. Like if someone were to really be struggling with, let's say their relationship with their significant other, but maybe that is the answer, maybe that's the answer, the, the you know, bringing someone else in, maybe because that is potentially what is threatening their relationship is, is this, you know, this, this other want. And so to have someone, you know, really kind of educate them about it and, uh, you know, open, I guess that, that door for them would be really beneficial. Yeah.
1: I think um, mostly showing by example is probably the best way to do that. Um, You can have a healthy sexual and romantic relationship with having other partners. Um, I mean, that's what polyamory is. Um, It's or at least that's the intention of that. I mean, still people who are polyamorous still kind of struggle and relationships are a lot of fucking work. And a polyamorous relationship is exponentially harder. Um, it's not just let's multiply this with by two people. It's you know we're we're adding a whole other person with whole other complexities and feelings. And not only are we learning about that person, we're trying to find where that person works in our multiple or in our um, personalities and complexities. And so um, it can get a little hairy and I would say if anyone is currently struggling in their relationship um you have to first work on yourself if you can't be a healthy person within yourself um and admit to your faults and admit and understand your strengths and weaknesses um if you can't do that for yourself, you're not going to have a strong relationship with anyone. doesn't matter how many people, but now let's add of that second person. And if you two can't have honest, open conversations about, I am looking at this other thing and it does bring something up in me. And I would like to investigate this feeling. Are you wanting to do this with me or would you be, open for me trying to, um, investigate this on my own and, and still keep you in the loop, like still kind of say, and some people are polyamorous that way too. I mean, we're kind of a different, um, we're a thruffle is what we refer to ourselves as. Um, other people are polyamorous, but they, their partners don't have any interaction at all. You know, it's kind of like even split custody could even look like sometimes it's very, it's, very personalized, whatever works for you and your partners. Um, and so sometimes that's just what it looks like. It's like, hey, I have these feelings and I want to go investigate this. How do you feel about it? And if your partner is not on the same page or is very, very hesitant, ease into it, have open conversations. But if you're going about it in a sneaky way or not fully admitting and feel like you can't fully admit those feelings to a partner and your partner understand you're not in that healthy relationship stage and it's just going to be detrimental. Um, so either it's just not working out with the person you're currently with um, and you need to just start from scratch. I know that sounds terrible, but, or you're going to have to accept that that person is with you and you you need to be monogamous with that person. Um, so you have choices, um, but I would definitely say communication and honesty. Being able to fully admit I do have those feelings that stir up in me, and I am really curious how I would handle this type of lifestyle or uh, this type of relationship dynamic. Um, and if you could admit that to yourself, and then you can even bring it up to your current partner, and your partner even is somewhat open or hesitant or anything like that, you know, it's it could even be asking, "What do you want?" and "What's something you want?" and then being open and supportive with that too. So. Give and take.
0: Now, does 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 this come into conflict with the fact that you have children? Like, do you kind of hide this from your kids? I mean, obviously, you hide, like, the idea of, of you know, the sex from the kids. But do you hide the idea that you're even with a third partner? Or is that something that you're pretty open about, too?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, first of all... How- interesting how we've approached it. Oh, yeah. What was that question?
0: Well, first of all, how old are your kids? <laughs> that's yeah, the real question. Yeah,
1: that's what I was going to say. It kind of depends on ages. Um, so um, we have an 11 year old, a nine year old and a seven year old. Okay. Um, we are obviously very open in communicating just how we've raised our kids in general. They're very open-minded children. Um, we openly swear in our home and we've allowed them to swear too. I have a couple of guidelines for them doing that though. They can't call anybody names. Um. And they need to be respectful if there's a visitor in the home and ask and say, you know, do you care if I swear kind of thing? Um, but those are, and it doesn't leave the home either because I don't need their friends, parents calling me and saying, your kid taught my kid to swear. Um, even though every kid knows how to swear. Uh, and that has been powerful for them because they've been able to, like, I have this tool and it has power. And I can use it appropriately, and there's other ways that I can use it inappropriately. So even just from that example of swearing, we've taken that with sexuality and said, this is your body. Um, People say this and this are your privates, and these are the ways, you know, um, that are appropriate to use them in public, you know, uh, like how you see and touch or whatever other people how other people see and touch you like this is appropriate this isn't appropriate um all sorts of things and we've had these really open conversations for a long long time and it's always been children led so when they're you know like confused why i can't let them run around naked outside we kind of have a conversation um you know and so that started from very early age so i would say my children are quite uh in tune with a lot of things um very at a very high level, than compared to their peers, um, and so my eleven-year-old uh, is a bit of an eavesdropper, little shit. Um, love him, but he he was overhearing conversations, and I didn't realize he was in the other room. And so when I heard it, and we had been talking about Abby and and that she's our girlfriend and all sorts of other things. Um, and, and so when I realized that he was listening after, after the conversation was done, I was like, Hey, like, what did you hear? Um, did you hear anything that you have? Qu-? Actually, I, I approached it as, did you hear anything you have questions on? Cause it's not what you hear. Cause if I come up to somebody and say, well, what did you hear? I'm, I'm immediately making them go to the defensive mode and they think they're in trouble because they overheard something. They had no power to turn off. Right. So, of course, the child is going to lie to you and say nothing. That's not going to answer their questions. And then they're going to feel fearful anytime those types of things come up again. Right. Um, So I just said, did you hear anything you have questions on? And he was like, you said something about Abby being your girlfriend. And you could tell it really confused him. I was like, yeah, I did say something like that. And so I just approached the conversation like, you know, a lot of people can have a relationship in different ways you know, and we brought in um, gay and bisexual relationships. And I told them I was like, I am bisexual. And so that's something that uh, Abby fulfills, or, you know, we're in a relationship together. Um, and it's, it's good. Like, we all really like it. And we're all really fun with each other and, and uh, make sure that no one is uncomfortable and I I tried to word it where it wasn't complicating things for him, but I also wasn't hiding anything specifically. Like I wanted him to understand, like he can come to me for questions, and then I would ask him, "Do you have any questions about that?" And then he would ask maybe a probing question. I would explain it a little bit more. Um, so I was like, but then I ended it like some people view relationships should be like this, just like they view um, gay relationships are bad. Um, they view this as bad, and especially in Utah, when it's high religious, um, highly religious. Uh, I wanted to kind of say like, but why do you think they they think it's bad? And what do you think is a good relationship? And we made those comparisons. And I said, do you feel like there's anything about that relationship that makes you uncomfortable? And he was like, no. And I was like, okay. It's also something that, um, you know, your grandparents won't understand. And it may actually make them so confused and so upset that they don't want to have a relationship with us anymore. So it is important that you have this information that you decide how you want to protect it or not. But I left it in his hands. Like if he wanted to go say something to one of our grand- our parents, I didn't want to make him feel like um, he had to keep this secret and make that's a big responsibility for 11 an year old. And that's not fair for me to put it on. Him, but I also wanted him to know, like, if he needed to talk to someone else that wasn't a parent, that it's still I'm a trusted person he could too. Um, and that was months ago, and things have been fine. And, you know, my other two kids just view Abby as like a really, like an aunt that's over all the time. Um, we're careful that we're not affectionate in front of them, other than like maybe a hug. And uh, my youngest, my seven year old, is a girl. She is super in tune to what's going on. That girl, I don't know if she can read minds or what, but she's just like, yeah, um, you love Abby and she's one of your best friends, huh? And I was like, she is. Thank you for seeing that. And I just said that, yeah, she's a really important person to me. And that's all a seven-year-old needs to know. They don't need to know that, like, we're dating and, you know, we're fucking, too. You know, that's (laughs) going to scare a child. But, you know, just saying, yeah, she really is. And I do care for her. And that that's all she needs to understand, you know, and it's and she completely accepts it and loves it. And, you know, Abby doesn't parent my children, but she's there as a, another supportive adult in their lives, too. Um, and they trust her. And it was really cute. My youngest was like, when is she going to babysit us? <laughs> like, Oh, she's usually the one that always goes out with us when we go on dates. And so that was just kind of cute. But, yeah, it's complicated. You have to approach it with an open mind and try to remember that not everyone's going to accept it. Most everyone is going to look very odd. Um, But other times it's like, you know, if you can see that I'm in a ripple and I'm healthy, maybe you'll stop judging other people less or, you know, and uh, start opening your own thoughts and feelings to this is a possibility, and other people can accept that. Um, it's not as weird as it sounds.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's what I love about the fact that that like this is why you do this podcast, and it's it 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 if people have problems with it, it always comes back to just they're ignorant to the 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 fact of what it is, and it doesn't have to even be related to sexuality. It can be anything. If if mm-hmm. if you don't have information, then you know, you're going to have preconceived notions and, and you're going to, you know, it is passed down, you know, so like you said, you know, your, your grandparents would, you know, have a heart attack because it's, it's, you know, it is a new kind of thing that has what, like, this has only been really accepted for how long do you think, like this kind of lifestyle?
1: Accepted? I guess that depends on your definition
0: of of that. Of of accepted, yeah.
1: (laughs) I think what has happened is social media has also made it a little bit more accessible and um, being a part of like polyamorous support groups and things like that. You're like, Oh my God, how many other people? I was just talking to another girl I I work with, um, another coworker and I had mentioned something and I was a little sarcastic, um, but like hinting to my lifestyle and she kind of gave me a look and she was just like, Is that how you live? And I was like, Well, yeah. I mean, and she's like, Oh my god, I've never met another polyamorous person. And she's like, let alone someone who's open to talk about it. And she was like so excited. She was like, I just felt like I was so alone and couldn't ever like tell people my because sometimes you want to like vent to friends and chat with friends about like, oh, I don't know what to say or do or whatever. And it's so nice to see that that's a support system, but I think you know. So many people have been hidden in the shadows because they are worried about judgment, but like social media and we're kind of waking up to everything that happens behind closed doors now. And there is a support group and we get to be loud and proud of who we are. Um, That's also making other people not feel so alone who are going through it, who felt like they've had to hide in the shadows because of ridicule or whatever complications, too. I mean... I can go off a lot on even just how society doesn't support those type of relationships was look at insurance. And, you know, I can only have one spouse on there. I can only marry one person, Um, you know, just how all of those things look, it complicates things. Um, But I think understanding that there are a lot of people with different relationships not only is it not just between one man and one woman for the rest of their lives, you know, we're, we're, we're changing the tune quickly because it's, we have social media now and it's like, no, I have all these other supporters that I could meet. It doesn't matter of distance or whatever. Um, I do know a lot of other polyamory polyamorous people and, um, and even swingers or anything like that. Um, And it's not becoming this, Dirty, taboo, orgy-driven thing anymore. It's like, no. As we're pulling back the curtain and showing that we're here, we're also educating you that it's not this scary thing. And I'm not here to steal your husband, you know, because I think that's what a lot of people like immediately think of. Like, oh, just because you're polyamorous, that means you're out looking to fuck anyone. It's like, oh, hell no. I am so picky. (laughs) You have no clue. So yeah, it's just kind of interesting dynamics do change, but you know, people are also like, okay, you're not weird as weird or scary. And it's not as bad as maybe my mind had thought it or media or, you know, movies had portrayed it to be.
0: For sure. And a lot of times you, you know, you, if you were to really get to know that person and, 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 figure out their past, they've probably thought about it. You know, I've thought about it. Oh yeah. You know, we've all really thought about it. I mean, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, you could be the the craziest Christian alive and you've probably, you know, had this this thought. You know, I have I have a few friends that are um that are like I would classify them as crazy Christians and one couple in particular that, you know, um they are so you know crazy to the point where like if a like if they're watching a movie and and it's like a rated R movie and a really intense sex scene comes up he'll he'll literally turn his head and 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 not watch out of respect <laughs> and you know i you know when that first happened i was really kind of taken aback by it i was like why are you just why can't you just watch the movie and um you know figuring out his past you know he went through you know he had a real uh he's someone that you know thinks of porn as as uh as like the devil's work and and It's it,
1: the devil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know yeah. look, I, right. I
0: I I love them to death. I respect their, you know, opinion and so it took a little time for me to, you know, really grasp why even if he's watching this fictional movie, he can't watch like a sex scene. And so I had to, you know, really figure it out but to my point, you know, he went through in his past, you know, he was addicted and, 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 he, and he had these thoughts, but then he, for himself, the, the correction, he made it. And that's his life now, but you know, we've all, we've all been there. And, um, you know, going off of that because you've been very vocal about that on the podcast as well, when you talk about, you know, how, you know, you do watch porn and, 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 you know, you're very open about it and, yeah, and, you know, again, that's another thing. We've all watched it. Like, let's be real. We've all watched it, whether it's on purpose or on accident, it, you know, it it might've popped up and, and, you know, it's, I, I personally don't look at it as, you know, the devil's work. Um, you know, it is something that is, is, it's, it's very hard to talk about because it is something that, you know, it, it, you will find people that are so like, oh my god, you watch that, and then you and then you, you find people like yourself, and it's like, yeah, of course I watch that, and and me yeah. and me, you know, yeah. of course I watch it. It's like the hell.
1: Well, I mean, porn is a whole other animal. It's you know, there's ethically produced porn, and and ways that you can watch it, knowing that no one else was taken advantage of, you know, and, and take the dirtiness of it, and maybe the criminal even of it out. Um, but then you still have the morality of it, right? I think a lot of people struggle with that morality and, you know, either whether it was, um, driven by religious beliefs or even societal beliefs. Um, you know, I love to make the comparison all the time of, we have a physiological drive to fuel our bodies, right? We need to eat, And we crave certain foods and like, you know, no one ever shames us, I guess, unless you're overweight. However, no one typically shames you for just having hunger pains, right? Or maybe even what you eat. Every once in a while, someone's going to judge that and be like, really, that's not that healthy or, you know, but for the most part, we've accepted that we are human beings who need to eat to survive. We're also human beings that need to have connection to survive. Um, Where we also need to, um, we have a sexual drive, and it's exact same thing as a hunger driven, you know. Uh, and when I have a sexual drive, but everyone's telling me it's wrong and I shouldn't do it, and this, that, or the other, probably gonna even crave it more. Have you ever dieted before? <laughs> like you're gonna crave all those things even more than if you just accepted that that drive is there, and it's like, yeah, I do want a Big Mac right now. Yeah, you know, and maybe I'm gonna fucking eat that Big Mac, and I'm gonna eat the shit out of it, and I'm gonna enjoy it, and then I'm gonna put it on the shelf for a while because I I took the time to really enjoy that, and and I got all the things I needed out of it to fulfill that craving. Like I was able to smell it and see it and taste the textures and all the different tastes in my mouth and not scarf it down and shamefully hide in the corner eating my Big Mac and then feeling so guilty I indulged in that you know and so I think what happens with porn addiction and people who are addicted with porn and this is just my own theory is that they're shamefully scarfing it down in the corner and then they feel so guilty because they didn't ask themselves what was the drive of that need to watch porn Oh, it's probably because I'm not very intimate with my partner right now and I'm craving something. Maybe I'm just a hypersexual person and I need more. Um, If I can ask myself what is the drive behind it and find what I need to fulfill. And maybe a lot of times it isn't even actual the pornographic image. It's just something that I need to do for myself. Um, But yeah, like, you know, if I'm craving a Big Mac, maybe it's just I need that salt. I wanted you know, uh, something else. But if I can think of why that is and f- make that fulfillment there. Um, so that's why I like corn for me is just a, a little flavor. <laughs> you know, it's fun to play on the background or, you know, you can bring it in with your partner and like uh, use it for all sorts of things. Um, but because I recognize that it's a tool and I recognize my own limitations with it and why I use it, I use it properly and I use it appropriately and it doesn't scare me and it's not this big scary thing that's going to ruin my life and take me away from everything and I'm obsessed with it and I can't even function unless I'm thinking of it and um so yeah there's there's me and I can go off on a soap soapbox on why uh um even like the the factor of you know that it's dirty and naughty That could be the drive to do it too, Um, you know. And that's it's not even that it's naked people having sex. It's just that it's a taboo, and that could be someone's fulfillment, Um, and they might be finding that and all sorts of different things. Um, But again, what's your what's your reasoning to watch it?
0: Very true. If you
1: can ask that, you can be a healthier, you know, consumer.
0: Yeah. So, and, and, yeah. and I know you're not a big cinema buff, but this is definitely, and not to tie it back to Scarlett Johansson, but there's a great uh, film called Don John. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> it's a, uh, it's about this guy who is literally so addicted to porn that he struggles to even foster, let alone continue, but to 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 even have a relationship with a, with a woman who is Scarlett Johansson. That's why I'm pretty sure they cast her because I don't think there's a person alive that doesn't think she's drop dead gorgeous. So, oh yeah. So yeah, no, she is a
1: she's one of my hall passes for right? sure. Right. So like <laughs>
0: the fact that you know they cast her and it's about this guy who's who who would actually rather watch porn than be physically intimate with her yeah and you know it's a great film it's it like there's a big message in there but you know i do think that it's uh to your point it's you know you have to kind of figure out why are you doing it why are you watching it and i think it is very Mm -hmm. i think it's very beneficial i think it's keeping a lot of wackos off the street you know if if nothing else you know because you think about it you know you have this like if you're having bad thoughts or, or or if you're having negative thoughts whatever You know, you 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 know, you pull it up, and you literally get a release if you're doing it the way that you know uh, most people do it. And it's probably you know, it it, it might sound crazy, but I think it's keeping a lot of nut jobs, no pun intended, off off the streets. Like literally,
1: (laughs) great great pun.
0: Thank you. Um.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's uh, I I really truly, if we just normalize the fact that we all have that drive. Um, it could take a lot of people to, to admit fully that I am an unhealthy person and I, I need help, you know, instead of being like, well, if I'm already doing one thing wrong, I can watch this kitty porn or I can watch this. And then it's fueling even more, um, unhealthy behaviors. Um, but we have a long ways away. Hopefully all my lectures will, will get, make progress somewhere, (laughs) but I mean, that's, truly what I'm trying to do with the salty sex cast is don't shame yourself for having these feelings um, or these drives ask why find out you know experiment in a healthy way um and stop denying yourself of something that can really enlighten who you are and make you just a better person because if you're getting good sex you're a happy better person to be around let me say that for sure
0: yeah. And, and are you are you familiar? Because uh, I do have Google in front of me. So, you know, so, like sometimes I'll just like, like like something will pop into my head and I'll and I'll Google it. Are you familiar with the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom? I've never heard of this. No. OK. Um, I don't know if it's incredibly large. I, I, apparently that's uh, it started in 1997, but it's uh, it's a sex positive advocacy and educational organization that advocates on behalf of adults and alternative lifestyles. Um,
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. And it's based in Baltimore, Maryland. And I was just curious if you had, uh, if you had heard about it, because I've never heard about this national coalition for sexual freedom.
1: No, I love that though. Um, I I mean, I feel like there's so many support systems out there. As long as you know where to look to, um, you're going to be able to find someone who could relate to you and who can relate to whatever you're struggling with or whatever you want to uh um seek out or anything like that and especially with social media and internet and support groups and all sorts of things it's amazing. Yeah. Um you just got to find your family too and understand that uh because then you know I found a support system. I have a really healthy support system too and I think that's really helpful. Um, Knowing that there's even a national coalition that can help be my support system, and then I'm not alone in these feelings. Um, You know, I feel like so many people feel lonely when it's against the grain. That's why so many people were in the closet for so long and are still in the closet. Um, Yeah, that's wonderful. And, you know, I just, I think I haven't sought out anything like that just because I have found a great support system within already my support system. Um, you know, there's a few people that I just kind of let believe whatever they want to believe. And if they feel like I'm a straight monogamous person, that's fantastic. <laughs> you do you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's a that's why I wanted to get you on because it's such a it is such a hard thing for for people to to to, to talk about. And if if pointing them in the in the direction of your show is is the way to go I mean because you guys are incredibly open about it and it's great that you have that 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 friendship you know it's not just somebody that you know you kind of put out like a little you know help wanted thing and then you just got (laughs) like you just got some random bum fuck off the street that was like yeah I'll help you uh you know (laughs) you had this you had this connection with with Pamela and now you guys are you know really you know doing something positive and and spreading that message and and you know like you said like a lot of people out there probably don't know about i mean that not na- that whatever national coalition for sexual freedom i mean and it's 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 every little bit helps so if 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 just you know putting that kind of spotlight on on salty sex cast and 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 getting people to tune in that's you know that's really why i wanted to get you on and 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 just pick your brain a little bit and um kind of figure out you know what makes you tick because again it is something that is that is a little foreign to me I am I guess a little more traditional in the sense it's something that Mm -hmm. is you know I don't I mean never say never but it's just something that I don't know that that's ever going to be my lifestyle but I mean I would be open to it Um, yeah because I mean you know I am not married to any kind of idea you know I feel like you have to evolve as a as a person so you know, that's... I love that you
1: brought that up. Yeah. The evolution of it too. Um looking at the evolution of it in my own life, you know, and how it's kind of morphed into something I was never expecting, never sought out a polyamorous relationship. Um, could never even imagine it. And you'll actually hear if you listen to the podcast from episode one to today, um, you'll hear that transition in my narrative and it's really interesting um it's kind of cool too because we had our polyamorous episode um before I was in a polyamorous relationship and Pamela my co-host had her partners on and they kind of talked about the complications of it and what to think about it and um and her husband asked me he's like so is this something you'd ever be interested in and I was like oh hell no I couldn't handle that like <sighs> I'm like, no, but how it just slowly kind of, and I was open to it, cautiously open to it and optimistically open to it as well. You know, I put up my protections because I knew what my limitations were. And I also was, um, you know, open enough and honest enough to myself to ask myself what I really wanted. So I also didn't get convinced or dragged into something I was hesitant on because that's not fun and healthy for anyone either. Um, But sometimes other partners want to do what their partner wants to do because they want to satisfy their partner, right? Even though they're still kind of hesitant themselves. Um, And I could totally have said that. I I could have been like, I really want, if you really want this, I want to support you in it, but I'm still nervous, you know, or something like that. And then you find what works for you. And if your partner is unwilling to compromise or unwilling to hear your narrative and your hesitations, that's not a healthy relationship either. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's been a very gradual thing and it really took me by surprise. Uh, never sought this out, how it is currently. Probably will never seek it again. And we always talk about that. Yeah. Um, you know, my girlfriend, my husband and I, we always talk about that. Like this all blindsided us. We did not, we weren't looking for this. We never knew it was going to happen. And we also know it's not going to be long-term. Like we'll probably always be really good friends, but it does take a lot of energy to keep up. And I just uh, started my PhD program. So I'm going to be a hell of a lot busier and which is good because then I know they can both support each other and be each other there for each other. So I'm not like, I'm so busy. Bye. You know, it's kind of like, hey, I'm so busy. Do you guys want to go out on a date or hang out with each other? Um, and then knowing I'm not being super selfish wanting to um get my PhD right now because I keep shaking my head. I don't know why I did that. (laughs) But
0: no, that's interesting that you that that you recognize there's an expiration date.
1: Yeah. I mean if you don't look at is this sustainable? If you don't look at your relationship or yourself or your diet or your work ethic, anything like that, and ask yourself, is this sustainable? Um, like that's where things crumble and crash hard because you didn't take the time to think about what are you wanting from this relationship and what does the future look like for it? Um, then you're going to be tugged in any way, shape, or form, direction, and you're going to end up not being very happy. Um, so it's just a it's a way to understand we all have limitations, relationships have limitations, and um, and you know what? I'm also still having lots of fun today right now. So even understanding that there's an expiration um, doesn't make me like oh well since we're not going to be together you know, in the future sometime, let's not do this, you know, it's never looked at it like that, it's more like, let's make um, the best of the time we have now, because we understand it's, this isn't quite sustainable, this is a lot of work, Um, and it might even be already on its way, fizzling, or whatever, or maybe it's just getting more comfortable, um, and and natural, I don't even want to say natural, but just easier, because we are getting more in tune to each other's needs, and we don't have to have discussions and awkward learning experiences either who knows but i'm in it and i'm loving it right now so yeah
0: that's all that counts that's all that matters and 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 you're doing what you love and and again you're spreading that 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 message and you're probably helping a lot of people that are that are finding your show and um you know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna let you go i'm gonna continue on here but i i just loved having you on here and i want to stay in touch with you i want to i want to you know uh i I know i'm going to keep listening to the to to, to the show because it's just great it's like it really is great you just sense that chemistry and that's something that's so awesome and um just like a little side geeky kind of thing like are you guys uh like what kind of uh, podcast setup do you have like is it a because I know like when I first started, it was like a single mic that I would like slap <laughs> in the middle of like the table. And if I had five guests on, we would all have to kind of congregate around this one mic, you know?
1: Right. Um. That's totally how we started. It was just Pamela and I huddled around a mic. Yeah. We didn't even have Brady with us. So... And we didn't know what we were going to call the podcast. So I kept joking around. I was like, we should have it be called Two Girls, One Mike. Uh. And she didn't understand. She never had seen or heard about Two, Two girls, girls, One, one Cup. cup. Yeah. And I was like, what? And so she's like, I don't think everyone would get that. And I was like, well, and for one, it would already show people like we're pervy and gross minded. And I was like, <laughs> I'd probably like turn people off when we say we're adult sex educators. Um, so yeah, it really was just her and I huddled around. I've, I think I've posted that on social media. We used to sit on the floor in her living room, like huddled around. It was so hard. Um, and our first three episodes, like the audio is not great. And I just cringe every time I hear it. I'm like, I need to find someone to just redo those, you know, clean up the audio and all everything. But, um, and then Brady has been a great, great friend of mine for years. And, Um, we went out one night and he was just like, you have a fucking podcast. And he like totally fangirled so hard. And he was like, I want to do one so bad. So he jumped on, bought all this equipment for us, like set up this whole studio in his garage, like built this so comfortable studio. Um, it's awesome. So we have our mics with our, our stands that we get to swing around and like nice headphones. Um he's going to even built it out bigger and we're going to get a couch and it's going to be more of like a lounge, um, with our mics and stuff. So he's just absolutely amazing. We do not deserve our wonderful producer, but, um, yeah, it's been great. Cause I don't have to worry about that technical part. I still edit the podcast, um, because I love Brady. He's also lost one or two episodes. (laughs) So that's my control freak. I'm like, I will be the one to edit it. You just upload the audio. (laughs) You hit record, make sure we're set up. We sound good. I will cut us all out if we make a mistake or anything. And honestly, now we're just leaving all the raw fumbles in and letting people know that we are real. We do make mistakes.
0: Oh, I love that! I love that. My buddy uh, Patrick, who uh, his uh, podcast is, uh, "We Live on a Planet." He like he says it a lot. He says, "You know, I don't edit life. Like we can't edit life." So you know, he does the same kind of thing, and and that's something that's really interesting. Doing a podcast, you kind of really realize, you know, it's just uh, if you are a perfectionist uh, like myself, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like you really have to kind of let go of that. You know, you have to kind of just you know go with the flow. And yeah, you might have said some stuff that. That you know, in hindsight, you were thinking, oh, why did I say that? Or why did I say it that way? Or or you know oh,
1: there are times I cringe when I re-listen to things. I'm like, I'm a fucking moron. Yeah. <laughs> Can someone throw something like put me out in my misery sometimes? Our first episode is so difficult for me to listen to. Oh, I hate it. Um, it just shows how much I've grown and changed too as a podcaster. I would talk over Pamela, I would interrupt her um, I would jump from subject to subject. So she keeps my feet on the ground. Like, that's why I was like, I can't run solo. I don't do well. Um, we balance each other out. So amazing. Like, I love that she is my co-host. And I even told her that because we are just taking off faster than we ever knew we were, um, going to. And I just sent her a text one day with like our analytics and was like, I am just so grateful to be on this crazy train with you. Like this has been awesome, and if it ends tomorrow, I want you to know, like, I absolutely loved every second that we had together. I was like, oh, I'm not a romantic, but I totally got sappy. <laughs> but I was like, she was, she, yeah, just told her I'd love, love being on this crazy ride with her. It's been pretty awesome, and I'm glad that she balances me out. Like I, don't, I have no clue how we got so lucky to have, just we balance really well together. So.
0: Yeah, and um, you did very well today. You did very well today. Maybe it's because you were the the guest and you didn't have the, the hosting duties, but you did very and well. Like, and
1: I don't have to ask questions or think It's <laughs> fucking tack, 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 tack. You got it anytime. <laughs> um, but no, I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for reaching out. I'm glad that I could come on and hopefully someone's learned something. If they want to learn more, you can always reach us at uh, saltysexcast at gmail.com. Um, we do have a Facebook page, um, Salty Sex Cast. We are the only one with that name. So it's pretty easy to find us. Um, we even have a Patreon, but you have to type in patreon.com forward slash Salty Sex Cast. Because we're adult content, um, we're unsearchable. So kind of silly. It says like we don't exist if you just type our name into the search bar. How so. weird. Yeah. So you have, you know, you're fighting against prudish rules. All the time, um, we're always on that line of getting reported on Facebook with what we post and things like that. And I'm like, but I do this for you guys, okay? You should so, start
0: a you should start a Twitter because you can literally post porn on Twitter.
1: We do have a Twitter. Brady runs that because I am completely tweet illiterate. Like I've never tweeted or been on Twitter, and I'm like, yeah, it's a big scary machine. I don't know how to use it. So. He runs that for us. Um, but yeah, we have Twitter um at Salty Cast. you can find us and um really reach out if anyone has requests that they really are burning to know about. I will find um someone who wants to be a guest who's like really versed in that world. We have amazing we authors and um you know famous musicians on and stuff like we want people to understand that uh this is there's a support system for anyone who has different points of view or just curious wants to know more
0: yeah and so that's that guys go check them out and mariah it has been a pleasure i will uh, let you get back to uh because uh, you were like i gotta tell my kids don't interrupt me so i will <laughs> yeah. let you uh, get back to being a mom
1: awesome thank you eddie i really appreciate it
0: all right i'll talk to you soon
1: Okay, bye.
0: Bye.